Hey, soft-spoken here, and it's been a minute, been a while since I recorded one of these shows, let alone an interview, and um, I'm not going to lie, it's been tough. It's been tough to be creative and create episodes and content during this dual pandemic of COVID and the constant assault on black life, and that's all over the world. But I had to sit back and reflect. What is it that inspires me? And the answer is simple. Music and people. So I decided to go back to basics. We're doing interviews again. And this time I'm creating a series called The Homies Make Music. I'm going to talk to some homies about the music they make. Simple. Like I said. I did it, one, to inspire me again to get out and have these conversations, two, to just expand the show, who I'm talking to and what we're talking about, and three, because one of these motherfuckers is going to blow up. (laughs) Let's be honest. Somebody is going to blow up, and I need them to take me up there with them. So with that said, I want to introduce the first episode in this series, The Homies Make Music. This is an interview I did with the homie Nefetz. Dope artist. Hope you enjoy. You are now listening to Moving Radio, where we talk about a mood and make a mix for that mood. Today, we're having a special series called The Homies Make Music. The first homie on this episode is going to be a first-generation Trinidadian American artist and producer from Maryland, creating genre-bending music. Previously based in LA, but recently moved back to the DMV, catches track My Friends, which is featured in the Netflix series Social Distance. What's good, Nafetz? <laughs> How you doing, Stefan? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. So. So your stage name is Nafetz, but tell yes. tell the people your your real name and how how do, how do these your stage name and your real name coincide? Well, <laughs> the thing is, so my stage name is Nafetz, and my real name is Stefan, and what it actually is is just Stefan backwards, and that's how I ended up getting with it. Um, so because I was I was applying to schools. And everyone was changing their Facebook names. So I guess mm-hmm. the schools wouldn't find you or whatever. Wow. Um, yeah. I wow. <laughs> I didn't I know this is backwards. how it started. <laughs> that's how it started. Yeah. I put my backwards and I was like, oh, that's kind of that's cool. Wow. It that's is. amazing. Like, yeah. I think as as far as like um, origin stories of artist names go, that's that's that might be top five. Thank you. I'm Thank saying. you. I'll take it. I don't I don't think Ray Shrimmered when they were creating their name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that, that was backwards too. Dang. So Ray Schrimmer is ear drummers backwards. I I don't think that when they were creating it, it was because they were applying to Pitzer, but I don't think it was. But uh, <laughs> that's that's really cool. And, and and you know that's that's the connection we had. Of course, you know we we both went to the Claremont colleges, um, and you know we didn't overlap a, a ton there. But since you know through um connecting through your music through um Ida as well who's a close friend of both of us the Don uh, yes shout out Ida Ye. um yeah it's, it's really cool to have you on the show so I'm, I'm glad to to have you here 
And I love, I, yeah, I didn't know the, the origin of your name. So that, that's really cool to, to hear as well. It's always great because people, like, it doesn't click always at first. So I've gotten texts <laughs> from friends like a year or two years into knowing me. And they'll text me and be like, oh, I just, I just like, saw What? Oh, I my God. Yeah, so nice slow burn sometimes. That's amazing, though. That's really cool. So, um, Stefan, I mean, I, I want to um, definitely talk about your music, but I always like to, um, it's interesting for me when I talk to artists to know, like, what, you know, sparked and developed to, like, the artistry that you're doing now and, you know, just kind of, you know, how you, you approach the game. Actually, before we get that, like, we're, we're, we'll start with 2020 and then work our way back. So okay. it, today in 2020, like, what is life of an artist? Like, what? What, how, how has 2020 like impacted you and like just generally uh, what are things looking like for you right now? Yeah, I think that that's, it's a really interesting thing. Um, I think there's a couple aspects of it. I mean, the biggest one, or, you know, as far as just the music industry itself, not even getting into people's lives, but like live shows being canceled is yeah. kind of crazy because mm -hmm. for a lot of people and not even just big you know like touring people but like yeah. just everyday musicians who play at like a restaurant every Wednesday or whatever like live gigs yeah. is such a big way for so many musicians just to make a living um, mm -hmm. and to open doors like for a lot of people getting a getting a slot on an opening act right it can be the first step for something really big so yeah. that has sort of and not knowing when that's going to come back to has really made things a bit a bit more ambiguous when it comes to figuring out well like what might the next step be or how what's mm -hmm. the plan for releasing music i think um the flip side is i think things like tiktok for example had yeah. popped off you know downloads <laughs> I got, I, even before but so many people's careers have just taken off off of that which is great i think mm -hmm. that that's that can be really cool um depending on the circumstance but so i think people are getting a little more everything just has to be more online and I think yeah. the danger of that is it can feel really soul crushing to be at the mercy of the algorithms more than actually yeah. being able to. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it really depends because I think it opens a lot of doors, but it also, you know, it can be it can be hard to to feel that that's the only way to do anything. Yeah, for sure. How different is 2020 from what it what it might have been had had this not happened, had there not been this pandemic? I actually don't know. I think. It's hard to say because if you look at big artists on the surface, a lot of the mm -hmm. things are pretty similar. Like I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of people who are shelving projects until things clear up. But I think, yeah, gigging musicians especially have definitely got hit mm -hmm. the hardest. And I think that's that's kind of one of the, the sadder parts. I think for people who were already mostly getting like Spotify revenue or things mm -hmm. from streaming, it it might not have been dramatically different, but I can't really speak for everyone's experience. But I think also bearing in mind that even outside of the artistry so many people's home lives are being disrupted that like mm -hmm. that you know i really think music aside yeah it's it's that's really what's hitting people the most and making the most difference um yeah so. yeah that's so real um so let's let's take it back a little bit right so we're here in 2020 but let's take it back to the beginning like where did you first like where was the first time you did anything musical like picked up an instrument wrote a bar like, you know, spit a rhyme, like what was like the first thing for you where you're like, I'm, I'm doing a thing? The, the first <laughs> thing, was it something that I remember, but something I get told a lot, 
was I I hummed the Barney song and that hey. was like, <laughs> that was like <laughs> my like first uh, like vocalizing of things mm-hmm. ever. So I think that's always funny. But I think the first one <laughs> that I really remember, I was probably um, it's probably like four or five, and my mm-hmm. older brother. I have three siblings, um, and I'm close with all of them, but they're all a fair bit older than me. So mm-hmm. my brother would have been like 20 at the time, and mm-hmm. he had this Iron Maiden tape on VHS. And I would just watch it. I would just watch it over and over and over and over and over. Because he would babysit me sometimes and he would just play all his all the metal he was listening to and that was really my first I can't even remember what it was but like yeah it it became like compulsive and I would Mm -hmm. just listen to that Iron Maiden VHS for hours every day I can definitely hear that in your music and you know when introducing you like you know I said that your music is genre bending what were um some of the like what, what 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 was some of the music that you were hearing like growing up um and then at what point did you like actively say like this is my music this is my taste like like what was it like to form your like kind of musical identity you know those formative years when we're like oh this is the music that I listen to that I vibe with right yeah so yeah that's a good question I think as a kid my dad would play a lot of music like he Mm -hmm. he didn't play music as in performing it but he just always had music playing around the house and it was like oldies kind of hard rock or like soft rock stuff so it was like Cheryl Crow. I remember when I first heard Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit when I was a kid. Again, it was the same thing. I just like got obsessed with the one with yeah. that one song. I would just play it all the time. So I'd hear a bunch mm-hmm. of like just mixed up old hard, hard and soft rock stuff from him. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of heavier stuff from my brother. And I think once I got to probably around 10 or 11 was when I really started, you know, I was just on LimeWire yeah. <laughs> constantly. The LimeWire era. LimeWire grind was crazy. <laughs> yeah, LimeWire grind was crazy. And I remember I had like, it was a weird, there was like a dichotomy because most of my music was mm-hmm. was Metallica and Megadeth were like my two favorite mm-hmm. bands. And then I had a cousin who was probably like 14 or 15 at the time. So I'd get snippets of songs, again, just the compulsive stuff. So I remember... Yeah. All of Sean Paul's early discography was there. Sean oh. Paul, 50 Cent, and Ludacris were like, <laughs> all the singles were just in the live wire category. And then other than that, it was Metallica. So, and Backstreet Boys, actually. Backstreet Boys were back. Wow. So it was a very weird, it was a very weird medley. That's amazing. Um, quick segue. I heard that Soldier Boy, like during like that LimeWire era, because 50 Cent was so huge, he would start yeah, to... Yeah, put on a fake name. <laughs> he, would, he would put up, um, I, I think it was Crank That, and put it up on LimeWire, but as like the 50 Cent track, like, you know, Mini Men or, or, or something else that was popular at the time. People just downloaded yeah. They're like, oh, this is the new 50 song. And then they listen to Crank That, they're like, what is this? And they're like, actually, I'm about to crank that too. I'm sorry, bro. People forget that was one of the <laughs> earliest algorithm finesses, honestly. For real. So yeah, the mm-hmm. algorithm has always existed. You know, always existed. It's yeah. it's it's evolved, but for sure that that was that was a time. There was and there was something special too about like, you know, when you're when you're doing that, it's also like um, I feel like like now so much of, of music and uh, how it's streamed is is 
about like what are people gonna like and then mm-hmm. at, at that time though it was like you, you gotta know you come in there being like here's what i'm about to download and it, and it takes time too you, you're like this is a commitment so you know i'm not just gonna you're gonna go for anything it gotta be that heat somebody gotta tell me about what's what's hot right now and I, i'm gonna go get it right yeah um, and that's a great that's a really interesting thing about i think how playlists can change I don't know if they change the role of music in everyday mm-hmm. life, but I think it pushes a certain form. If you look at some of the titles, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of using them too, but there's like <laughs> jazz in the background or working mm-hmm. out, you know, it, yep. it's, the, it really aligns with you're doing a certain thing. Here's the background music for that versus yeah. kind of what you were saying, which is on LimeWire and stuff. You'd go in and like, like you know, you have to burn the CD. You have yep. to type all the things <laughs> you wanted. So I think when you get like, yeah, when you get set up for, for what, music you're supposed to be listening to during different activities i feel like that's a weird Mm. dynamic that's kind of happening yeah it's it's really interesting to like think about like how that has kind of like developed and and also like how artists adapt to it too right you know it's it's, um something you you have to pay attention to in in order to you know grow your following or just you know just know what the landscape looks like um you know so all right so going back to this this time right you're in your kind of formative forming your music taste years at the age of say like 13 14 I feel like that's when you're like at some point you you know what the best music in the entire world is and nobody can tell you anything different I like to tell people when I was like 13 years old when I was listening to Lupe Fiasco I was like you can't tell me he's not the best rapper alive you can't say that you know um also around the time like Lil Wayne like mixtape era like you can't don't don't talk to me if you're not saying Lil Wayne is not the greatest rapper alive. Like, so around this this time, around like, you know, the ages of like, you know, early teens, what artist or like set of artists were you like, if if you're not saying that's the best artist ever, like I can't even talk to you. What was what did you have that that um that that feeling for one? And did you have those artists that you can name that were like, this is the these are the greatest people to ever make music? It was Metallica. It was definitely Metallica. I watched all the documentaries. <laughs> that was my first concert. I had all the shirts. Like I did, I was, I was a super just, yeah, diehard Metallica fan. Nobody could tell me anything about it. teacher i remember i had a math teacher who was super into metallica and i thought that was like the coolest thing in the world when i was mm-hmm. when i was that age so that yeah that was definitely it for me that's dope yeah it's, it's it's always dope to like um i don't know what it is specifically about like you know when you meet an older person who shares your same sense of music it's like almost like validating in a sense where it's like mm-hmm. um we're like yeah i'm ahead of my time like you know <laughs> these, yeah, these yeah. teenagers yeah, need to yeah. catch up <laughs> like they don't know what's going on I loved feeling like an old man when I was 14, so I was 13, 14. That was the greatest feeling of the world. Yeah. Um, when was the moment where you, where you were like, I'm going for like, I, I'm going to be an artist. Um, now I'm going for this music thing. Mm, that's a really good question. Because I definitely loved music for a while and I played music. I was in like a mm. few bands um, for a while when I was younger. But I don't know if I really thought to myself I'm gonna be an artist probably until I was about 15 or 16 mm-hmm. um, and it happened at the same time really that I started rapping actually and 
yeah I think it was the most comfortable I'd felt expressing myself through music and maybe that sort of correlated with it and mm -hmm. it also came to me at a time where I was just like not in a great place so I think mm -hmm. the the sense of relief from it too made it feel like oh wow <laughs> this is something I like to do and it's healthy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it felt like it, it kind of mm -hmm. things really combined nicely there and I was like oh maybe, maybe this makes sense that's dope um you know you mentioned that you yeah like you were playing music you started rapping you know you write music so what um you know what were kind of like the stages like what was the first thing that you picked up when you started like really like focusing on like I'm gonna you know actually like try to do this thing like what were the uh where would you say like were the first artistic um you know pieces that you were picking up and um mm -hmm. and into where you are now like rapping writing singing you know producing what were those stages like when I was young I was in piano lessons and I was trash I <laughs> I did not I hated practicing I never practiced <laughs> I was in there for probably like at least a year and just did not make any progress because every week my teacher would be like okay so you practice and I'd be like no or I would just lie for a while I would just lie and say yes but I couldn't play anything so I just I felt so bad I wasted I wasted so much time on, on I, I don't know what it was I just refused to do it and then well the first instrument I took seriously was drums mm -hmm. because I just yeah it clicked with me way more for whatever reason and I I took a lesson or two but then I mostly just taught myself the rest when I was 13 or 14 mm -hmm. and then played drums in a band or no probably played drums from like 11 because I was in a band in middle school where I played drums then I played drums for jazz band in high school and I actually got roped into an indie band that my friends were making at the time but they had a drummer and they needed a bassist and I couldn't play bass but I was like I can play bass <laughs> so I, I, I lied again and taught myself to play bass, but again, I was terrible. I was so, <laughs> I, I only listened to metal, so like I was just bringing in all these things that just didn't make sense, that didn't work. I thought I was good, I wasn't good, <laughs> but, but I kept going. Yeah, so I kept going until I was okay. And then, and then when I finally started rapping was actually after Odd Future. Mm. Um, I remember the Yonkers video changed my life, and that's how I found Earl, who was wow. just, my biggest inspiration of all time i remember yeah just seeing because odd future in their own way felt like metal but with rap and with people that looked like me which i couldn't verbalize at the time but i was like huh like that's cool there was something because i would go to all the metal shows and it's you know i'd be like oh <laughs> it's just it's just me um, so i think that was like a really cool fusion just to see happening and there was a freestyle club at my school that some of my friends were in and I just hopped on that and that was the first time I started rapping and that was really where it was like okay this is this feels this feels good that is that's so dope I think yeah for, I mean for one odd future like yeah it, it's responsible for so many um I think like artists who um kind of like have like a those different influences like I think that was uh you know definitely empowering for me see kids like you know and that, that was also the other thing like they were our age like they were yeah doing, that was the crazy thing right it, it felt like you know just doing what you want to do um and like that sense of like especially at that age where you're like you know um uh, giving a fuck is is like like let's not do that <laughs> like you know yeah, let's yeah. just do <laughs> yeah, what yeah, we want to yeah. do like you know it's, it's empowering to see like 
like, oh, you can do that and be successful and like, you know, gain all of this traction and, and, you know, uh, that, that was uh, like, just, just dope to see. So um, yeah, that's cool. And Earl, yeah, still to this day, somebody who like, um, one of my favorite artists. So I'm, I, I love that, you know, we have that, that connection as well. So, and, yeah. be, and I'm really fortunate to have been in LA when that was happening and like when oh yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah. oh my god what was that like dude like it, people literally were like after that Yonkers video people were dressing like Tyler the creator like it was like a thing um Bro, people forget how much they were so responsible for Supreme just taking yep. off like that was odd future that was exactly future. like that was fully odd future like fully um and everybody knew somebody who knew somebody in our future like you know so like That's, your yeah, yeah, yeah. your proximity to coolness was your proximity to our future being like oh yeah you know yeah tebe yeah that's the homie like, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you know what them by their first name you know like that was like the thing like oh yeah yeah you know i went to high school with sid like yeah like it's all good man yeah but you know it's chill it's chill um but yeah that's, that's that, such a thing such a thing that's amazing Okay. So, it, all right. So you're talking about, you, you talked a little bit about like your forming, like you started, you know, you know, drumming, piano, bass, all of these things. And also realizing like, fuck, like I am not as good as what I thought I was. Was <laughs> yeah. there, but can you think of or remember a song or an artist that like you heard a song, you heard something and you're like, fuck, like, I, I, like, it's so good that you almost like, like were upset with yourself. Like, I can't believe you brought that up because that is like, <laughs> bro. That listen, that's the most that's the most relatable <laughs> feeling. You put that into the exact. That happens to me all the time. Where I listen to something and I get mad almost. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm never gonna. Yeah, absolutely. I think Sunday by Earl has always been mm. that for me. Um, most of Doris, but also Acid Rap. I think was really that tape was i that I had, that was the exact feeling i had when i listened mm. to that tape i was like in love with it and also so upset it's <laughs> like i'm never gonna do anything this good and i yeah i've burnt that i i yeah that i'm dead that you described it like that that's exactly wow, what that's a that's hilarious um ask yeah. <laughs> yeah. ask chance the rapper that was definitely a moment too especially like in like kind of the um like towards the end of like when mixtapes were like a huge thing like that was probably the last like the one that out. everybody listened to like the the one that everybody was talking to like there was all this hype around it and then it actually delivered on the hype right that yeah was there was that moment where it was like long of asap acid rap doris like all of those types of yeah. projects were coming out at the yeah so, and you, you mentioned 2010s. So there's Doris, that's Earl Sweatshirt's first, uh, his debut album, and the yeah. song Sunday, one of my favorite songs on the, the album with Frank Ocean, too. Uh, yes. What is it about that song that just got you, <laughs> had you in just in distress? <laughs> <laughs> Help. It was, yeah, I, I still can't even put a finger on it to this day. I'll still listen to that song every now and then. Um, and it's and just be like ah, just it just it just hit something in me that I don't there's something about the chords in it for mm -hmm. sure like as when I started producing and stuff and listening to music differently I mm -hmm. can pick out like I can articulate things that maybe I could understand more about music but at the same time there's always that component that just you can't really put words to 
it just yeah. hits you as you for whatever reason um and his verse just captures like a sentiment that yeah. <laughs> i think like yeah i think i think i think truthfully like i i'm someone who's definitely had a lot of struggles with depression especially in high school mm -hmm. and i think some of earl's verses in particular just capture some of that feeling in a way that just made made me feel really seen sometimes and that i think yeah when music can make you feel seen i feel like yeah whatever that looks like for you can can definitely bring that about yeah that's huge that's huge and and throughout the show they'll they'll be you know i'll, I'll maybe you know just go in and edit in and, and put in a song so you know right around this time we'll, we'll play sunday so that people can uh, yes. start to feel that i know it don't seem difficult to hit you up but you're not passionate about half the shit that you went to and i ain't having it and we both know that i don't mean to offend you i'm just focused today and i don't know why it's difficult to admit that i miss you and i don't know why we argue and i just hope that you listen and if i hurt you i'm sorry and i think the other thing about that song too is i don't I don't know if he produced that song, but he produced most of that album. He produced all, I think, yeah, almost all of Doris. I know Rizzo was on one, but I don't know if that was just as a. But yeah, he produced. He produced most of that. Did Did that add to your existential crisis? Like this dude is rapping at this, <laughs> at at an elite level and producing songs that sound like amazing. You know, I don't know if that at the time I thought it was super cool. Yeah, I don't know if that at the time was like that like brought that much i didn't really understand even what production was honestly mm -hmm. until i got older um but that actually did remind me of another thing that came out around the same time that was another one of those frustrating it was the mac miller's faces tape mm -hmm. oh my goodness that that <laughs> listen <laughs> same thing it was like <laughs> i could feel the anxiety inside of me just <laughs> Yeah, just the visceralness of listening to that whole thing. Nigga, slight frown on the brown when the brim color brown running wild on the route that was picked. When the clouds ran shrouded, I'm out with my face in the shadow and drowning again. And they had a collab on like a delusional Thomas thing that I was like, this is the coolest thing of all time. That was the other thing. Like you would see a lot of artists and, and still now, but mm -hmm. from that time, we're just friends. Like you yeah. see like Vince mm -hmm. Staples and Earl and Mac just hanging out. And I thought yeah. that was the coolest, the coolest thing in the entire world. Um, that they were just like, all oh, my favorite artists are just friends with each other. It was amazing. Like, yeah, it yeah. was crazy. Like it felt like how, you know, like that's the pinnacle of like music, right? Is like, mm -hmm. you know, these these people who are also like um like you can see them as people. They're not just like um, you know, these mystical fig figures that like coop themselves up in a studio and then drop an album, right? We're, we're like, yeah. oh yeah, like, you know, this this person on the hook, like they have a relationship, you know. We can like visualize this world and um and kind of like almost like see ourselves in it. Like I'm a part of this community. Yeah, fully. And once I, like, the more I started making music, music has to this day been how I've made most of my friends, mm -hmm. um, either directly or indirectly. And I think it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I think it's cool to, to see that. That's huge. That's what's up. All right. So let's, let's, you know, we talked about a lot of music that, you know, you like, enjoy, influence you. Let's talk about yours. So, um, so I was, I was looking on, uh, on Spotify, I mean, and you have a song with a million plays. What, what, what is that all about? <laughs> what is what is what is that do you know do you know what song i'm talking about i do all right so you know t just tell me and then 
what what was your experience when you like realized like how many streams it had? Tell us the song and then what the song uh, is called You and Me. Um and it features a really great artist who went by Andre at the time, but now they go by Wet Lava Boy. So mm-hmm. they're yeah, they're they've got some really amazing music as well. Um and I didn't, you know, I didn't expect it to do what it did. It was, again, <laughs> the algorithms. It just, it got put on a playlist and mm-hmm. sat there for a while. And they just kind of, it went up. And I think I'm really grateful for it. Um, I think it's also kind of frustrating because it's like an older song <laughs> that yeah. like mm-hmm. I, you know, don't feel. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's that double-edged sword. It's like, I'm yeah. so grateful for it. And I'm grateful that that happened. But I'm also like, it's not my favorite song that i've made you know Mm -hmm. and so it's it's the algorithms kind of always put it at the top the top one now so it's like (laughs) yes but also like (laughs) right like look at all this other stuff so i think yeah that's that's kind of the the tricky the funny thing about it yeah that's that's definitely something that even takes me back to like we talked about tyler the creator and yonkers like that song being something that he would like kind of blew up and and made him um, kind of a household name and he was like I don't like that's I have so many other songs like yeah, yeah. give me like give me give me a break like listen to the rest of my albums and mixtapes and, and stuff like that um, do you when you're creating music do you like um, say like if you're creating a project like do you feel a sense of like um, this song that I'm making right here this is the one I hope people can like if, if there's one song that blows up or uh, this is the one I want people to connect with this is the one I feel represents more of what i do and what um you know hopefully that that's the one that d- is deserving of, of this kind of love and attention do you ever feel right like that? um, that's a good question i think there's a weird line which is when i first started releasing music i would i would just i didn't really care like i would just put mm-hmm. out i would just yeah. put it out and so i would have the songs that i thought were really great and i'd yeah. be like oh it doesn't matter like i'll just put it out Mm-hmm. But now I think, you know, I'll show it to my friends. I'll show it to people who are helping me put out music. So it's like you get a lot of opinions in it. And I think generally, generally I can get a sense for what song people might like. Yeah. Um, but it's never the one that I, it's never <laughs> the one that I'm like. You're like this and one? It, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's like the most frustrating thing. And I've talked to other people about it and realized it's, it's weirdly common. I don't know what it is, but um yeah, and it's like a lot of times the songs that that happens to are the ones that I don't see that much in. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I just kind of make it, and I'm like, okay, cool, this is like a fun song. And even you know that song we were talking about yeah. before is kind of an example. It was like it was a cool song, and I was like, oh, this is fun, um, yeah. and just put it out. And the songs, yeah, <laughs> it's never the ones that I'm like, this is it. This is yes. the cool one. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's interesting. That artists almost never have the like control over the art in that way like you yeah you know you put it out and then it's kind of like you know people will make of it what they will like in in a sense um and yeah when when did you first like you know of course you had that phase where you're like if this i am i am not as good as i thought i was um did you did you ever like you know and i feel like everyone's um you know or a lot of people are humble and will say like you know i still haven't reached that point where i'm like happy with the music that i made but can you think to a moment where you're like, you know what, like, I, 
like I'm I'm actually I, I fuck with this like was was there a moment or a song or a time or a project where you like truly felt connected with what you were making and felt like this is um kind of you know I'm happy with what I've made myself you know do yeah I think actually on the project um the project I put out called Cousins in like 2018 mm-hmm. was one of those where a lot of it was just like super personal references <laughs> to yeah. like either my family or just mm-hmm. my like roots in Trinidad. There's like very personal things that I was like, most people aren't really going to, you know, connect mm-hmm. with this. But I think that also gave it a lot of freedom of just like, it felt like a project that was really just helping me unpack a lot of parts of myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was like, it, you know, it doesn't need to do well. It doesn't need to do anything. It's just mm-hmm. it, it, yeah it just felt really good to make so I'd, i would say that was that was definitely one that's what's up that's that's cool I th- yeah i definitely hear that the most like um valuable or rewarding parts of making the music is like when you don't have the expectation that it's doing numbers or like kind of like the 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 metrics that you know kind of define success in in a music yeah. industry that are not really the ones that you develop but the ones that kind of like the imposed on on our able to create yeah for sure so all right this you know i want to talk a little bit more about your music but we're gonna play a little game all right so this this (laughs) let's play game Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, you know with that creepy um introduction um the the name of the game is the aux test so you're in the car you have been past the aux cord and you are going to be given a scenario and you have to select the Nafet song, the song that in your discography that will, um, that you feel is appropriate for the test. Okay? I'm really putting my, putting on my own music when someone gives me the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean... Reckless. <laughs> and this, this... <laughs> I mean, um i forgot who, okay. who made the joke it was like you know like when you make a chair people aren't like you you're sitting on your own chair like look conceited i see the artist you know you have that you there's there's a perception oh, yeah. that, that i know what you're talking about yeah you who said that? oh couldn't remember at the time but the joke was by donald glover aka childish gambino and i totally butchered the joke so let's let donald glover tell it you listen to your own music <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I listen to my own music. Like, being, a, but being an entertainer, being an entertainer is the only job where you can't enjoy your own stuff. Did you know that? It's the only job where you can't enjoy your own shit. Like, if I made sandwiches for a living, like, if I made sandwiches for a living, like, if I worked at Subway or something, like, I made sandwiches for a living, and then I go home and I make myself a sandwich, nobody in here is going to be, like, getting a little conceited, aren't we? Like, no one cares. There, I think there's just a perception that your own music isn't, it's just not cool. Like, that's a, that's a, that makes make you some somehow egotistic to to put people out of your music, but we'll but we'll say that we'll say that someone asked, they're like, hey, like I want to listen to <laughs> true, to right, 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 yes. <laughs> it's not like ah, oh, no, nah, I won't put you up on some shit. <laughs> it's that it's my new shit. Um, uh, okay. okay, so I have to pick an effect song that matches the okay. the scenario. Yeah. All right, okay. and they're, they're gonna be five five scenarios. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. So um all right so this is your you know your your carpooling to work situation you know your your co-worker comes and picks you up and they're like hey man i heard you make music like you know you wanna 
um you want to you want to play something for me like who like this is a co-worker you're, you're acquainted with but you don't really know much about them their music taste this is just this is the soft intro to the fits what, what song are you play um i would go with hooped my song hooped i feel like I'll, it's mm. Yeah, it's fun and it's not too much of a soul bearing, you know, so I don't have to sit there with my coworker. <laughs> like, what was that all about, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have to explain too much. It's just it's casual, casual though. That's a good one. I, I like that song a lot. All right, we'll play Hooped right now. For the moment, try and hold it, but I'm falling, falling fast for been a moment since we've spoken and I'm calling. Okay. All right. So you're you're um you're in the car. You're you're riding with um you know one of it's with this is you're riding with a, a West Indian parent. Who? What is? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like so auntie <laughs> so um so yeah so so nephew i heard i heard you make some music um you want to play something for me um yes auntie i'll play needles easily clean listen clean family friendly yes right we can't we can't disturb the spirit of the, the, the aunties in this case so i'm gonna keep it wholesome it's about my cousin's wedding fun <laughs> fun fun stuff yeah all right we'll play needles now so rather than offer you advice, I will simply ask you to remember to eternal truth throughout your marriage. The first truth is that whether we are conscious of it or not, we simply do not marry the person we wish to live with. We rarely marry the person we can't live without. Needles on my rooftop, dressing stripped in gold. I see plenty of people dancing. I wonder what they're dancing for. Got needles on my rooftop. Footprints by my door. I hear plenty of people dancing. I wonder what they're dancing for. All right, so um, you're you're meeting up, you're linking up with the homie. It's been like years. Like you haven't seen them since graduation. Like, um, and they're like, "Yo, hey, Stefan, when like." I like I I'm, I haven't listened to any of your music, bro. Let me let me um let me hear something. What you got? I probably I probably play Grenadine. nice breeze or my friends i'd play my friends just for the troll of it um, <laughs> <laughs> with jester watson just so they think it's about them all right let's uh that 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 takes me to the next question which um you know what that, that's interesting because i, I want to talk about my friends a little bit um uh, I, I really like that song so what but but first you're um you're in the car with netflix and they're like hey we got this tv show i'm in the car with netflix <laughs> The, the whole, the whole industry, the whole of Netflix, all of them. It's a big car. Okay. Uh, nice limo. Yes, it's a stretch. Um, and um, the they're like, but... they're like, <laughs> they're like, 
hey, we got this this TV show called Social Distance. Uh, you want to play a song for us? <laughs> yes, I would. I would have played. I would have played my friends for them at that time as well. Things change since I last saw my friends. I don't know what it is, but now it seems that all we ever have to talk about is how. How's life since graduation? Still doing music, great man. We should link some time for drinks and have fast conversations. Coming through my phone books and my rosaries, look at all these faces that got over me. Can't control myself, y'all making me anxious I feel like everybody knows that I'm faking Half of my friends stay addicted to substance But really ain't got no substance I said I've been here a day I've really been here a month I just want infinite love And the keys to your this, this song is written, like, what, probably around, you know uh, Not long after graduating from college yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that song And then tell me about how um, how you were you know, blessed to have that that song be included in a Netflix TV show. Yeah, for sure. So that song um, I produced with my friend Brian, who's an amazing keyboard player um, based in Miami. And we wrote it and I don't even, it's one of those weird things because I'm always jealous of my friends that make music and they can be like, I'm going to write this song about this feeling. Or mm. like, you know, it's like they'll have a bad day or something will happen and they'll be like, uh, you know, I'm, I had this experience. I'm going to go and I'm going to write yeah. about it. I've never been able to do that. Like mm. I, my worst writing comes when I'm, <laughs> when I like try to say something, yeah. and just come up with the worst bars. Just like terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Instead, it's kind of just like I feel like when I tap into the things that I hide from myself, you know, mm. and you just kind of like let yourself say them. And then once I've gotten it out, I can look back on it and be like, oh wow, it was really holding that in, <laughs> holding that in somewhere. <laughs> Glad I got that off my chest. Yeah, yeah, fully. So it was kind of one of those situations. I kind of wrote it without thinking too much, but I was like, oh, kill. Like that's <laughs> something that was in there. Um, yeah, I think it was just that sentiment of like, I think as you get older, sort of honing in on the relationships that mean things to you and not mm -hmm. even in a bitter way or anything, I think. And I was like 19 doing this, being like, yeah, I get, I get life. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, even on that, it's bullshit. Like, not, not even like an actually insightful thing. Yeah. Another one of those examples you look back, you're like, I thought I was saying something. I'm, I wasn't saying anything. But I <laughs> just it, captured it. It definitely connected with me, though. I, that was that was definitely one of those songs where you're just like, yeah, I get this feeling. Like, you know, like, you're fresh out of school and, 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 um, you know, the, this, like, how do you like talk, just talking to friends, like the friends that you had at a, at yeah. a point in your life and where, how it changes when, you know, the circumstances or the, the period in your life changes too. Yeah, absolutely. And then Chester Watson was one of my favorite rappers. So still is fire. Um, mm -hmm. and I saw he had posted, he was putting out, he was doing, he was in the studio just working on features. So I like, sent it as a hail mary i was like he's yeah never, he's never gonna respond he's never gonna respond and he did and that was awesome um and then i just yeah it just got picked up by the supervisors over at terror terror bird so shout out terror bird and they told me it was gonna be on the on the show and i was excited i saw oscar from the office that's the, <laughs> the big leagues yeah <laughs> wow Oscar from the office. That's Oscar from the office. You, yeah. you you can just you know you you can retire now. You made it. You know I made it, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I quit. This is my. <laughs> I'm <was> done. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. Okay. Um. 
All right. Let's let's do two more scenarios. Two more. All right. Cool. You're um this is this is a first date situation. Like what is <laughs> what like you know, and we we don't have to say it's you in the car. It this could be someone else. So your friend is like, yo, I'm going on this date. This person was like, I was like saying, like, you know, I'm in the industry. I got, you know, I got connects. They're like, yo, play me something from, you know, from from somebody that you're homies with. And then they're like, all right, let me let me put this one on. What's what's like a good a good song that's safe to play on a first date? Ooh, safe to play on a first date. So much of my music is so depressing, low key. I know, and they're like, "Can you drop me off?" Actually, I'm sharp. Yeah, people are like, uh, if people ask me for like an upbeat thing, and I'll like scroll through myself and be like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> mm. I'd say, I'd say Ruby, Ruby, Ruby's a nice. There's something sweet to it. It's still a little mm. bit sad. They're all a little bit uh -huh. sad, but I, there's something sweet enough to it that I think would be. Again, you don't have to answer too many questions and <laughs> just be like a nice, like, ah, yes. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. last one um we this is um an alternate universe somehow the <laughs> the spider verse has opened up and um you meet um nafets from world 555 or something like that and you this is just an alternate version of you the version of you <laughs> that has not yet <laughs> entered the <laughs> journey what is um what's what's gonna be the song that you introduce to yourself a version of me that hasn't yet in entered the musical journey yes this is this is like hey like you know eventually you know some, somewhere in your your lifetime you're going to start making music like here's what it might sound like i'd give them silence tell them to do coding <laughs> <laughs> tell them stick listen stick with that coding class son. <laughs> this ain't the one this ain't the don't way don't leave it this is not it yeah i'm, I'm kidding tech is the future kid <laughs> give up the music <laughs> Give up, give up now. No, I'd play them. Um, I'd play them Leo season, actually. I think that's a song mm -hmm. that, that's another one of those songs that I think I made. And I was like, wow, this feels really, really good. And something that I've been working on just in general. It's not, there's a lot of just weird punk music I've been doing just for mm -hmm. fun for myself that will probably come out at some point. But I think that would be the music that I would be most like, wow, this is cool. It's like some weird metal <laughs> rap stuff. Um, yeah, I think that would be the most. The, the fun the fun one me my mama and my grandma all leo in the summer bed we bring the heat all season show the pepper in the pot know we all eat it curry chicken pon a stone with the green season they burn it
golden crosses on our lawns and our televisions And my melanin is not to keep you relevant So fingers up, fingers up, fuck them all So let's, let's do a quick recap So um, a song to play when you're with a co-worker Play hooped, alright This is this is also um, definitive advice This is what Nafet's told you to do If you're in this situation um, This is, you know, you're legally required to play this song okay? Yep, there you go, by contract Yes. So you're you're riding in the car with a coworker. You're gonna play hooped. You're riding with your West Indian auntie. Play needles. Okay. When you're meeting up with the old homie you haven't seen in years, play grenadine or my friends. Also, if Netflix approaches you and they're like, "Hey, play us a song," play my friends. All right, do it. Um, when you're on a first date, make sure you play Ruby. And if you're riding with Nefets, make sure you play Leo Caesar. There we go. Dope, dope. All right, Nefets. So. Um, you know, let's, you know, we're going to start to kind of wrap things up, but I, I just want to get to know what, um, what should people, you know, tune into now? And then what are, what are the things that people can, you know, look forward to, um, and seeing from you? Uh, yeah. So to tune in right now, I just dropped something called summer lives. That was just a huge collaboration with so many crazy good musicians. Um, and that was a really fun, fun track. I always forget when seasons end. Are we out? Are we in are we in, has fall, 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 is, gone, yes. fall is here. Yeah. Fall is not. Yes. Okay, cool. So it's, it's a good, it is not, <laughs> it's a good way to, to, to do a little mid fall stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for what to expect in the future, a lot of really, a lot of really fun singles that I'm looking forward to putting out, um, especially next year around spring, summertime and fun little punk music that's been gurgling in the background for a bit that might uh might make an appearance somewhere so definitely those two that's what's up that's what's up so you know definitely look out for that um it's on the horizon and um yeah if people trying to peep you um where can they hear your your music and you know where can they uh tap in any any uh, accounts or social medias you want people to pay attention to as well yeah everywhere so for streaming definitely all the all the usual spotify apple music Y'all got Bandcamp. Definitely use Bandcamp. It's so good for artists. We love, <laughs> we love a good Bandcamp day, um, and definitely Instagram and uh, Twitter at Nafets. Nafets official. N A F E T S. Can't spell official out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, people, <laughs> listeners. There we go. Yeah. Have Google at your disposal. <laughs> spell check. Yes, exactly. That's what's up. So. Um, Last question, Stefan. Um, just give us a, a track to take us out to. Give us an effect song that'll be, uh, you know, good. Just, just, just take out. It could be even one that you've mentioned before, but um, this will be the track that will take us out to. I would definitely say Grenadine. I had said it before, but I'd say it for here too. I think it was the most. It was definitely one of the more recent things I've made, and I think it captured a sense of what it had been like for me at the time to come back home and to be home and spend some time with myself and all that so hopefully it'll be a positive experience for other people right now dope all right so let's do it so we're gonna play grenadine um and make sure all of these songs that you're you know hearing snippets of make sure you go stream them um on all of the platforms that uh stefan told us about check them out on Bandcamp, all of that good stuff so without further ado I just want to say um, we're going to play this this little track for you. And, you know, um, thank you again, Stefan, for being with us on the show. Boy, thank you. Man. This was amazing. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, couldn't, couldn't be happier with, you know, how we're starting this series off. We're going to continue to, you know, interview 
homies that are making music, um, you know, put people onto music that they might not have heard and just give me a chance to, you know, you know, talk with people about their musical process, you know, what they do, um, something that I enjoy doing. So, all right. With that said, this was the homies make music. I am soft-spoken. I'm Nefetz. And this is Gritadine. Enjoy. Making milestones in my mother's house Busy making hits in the basement I ain't even noticed so the sun was out Caskets on the ceiling, I hope they don't catch us Trying to sing along to the planes overhead But they never want to sing back They always seem to sound flat Grenadine keep me in a head rush My cousin smoking Xenadine hit you like a headbutt Damn bruh, it's been a long while since I had to use a hairbrush Hear what? See a couple ships out You and me could go and take a dip out Secrets like it's nothing Carrying the smell of something sweet Got me running Make a beeline Drifting with the baseline Short late for tea time Fuck it Something in the water Turn to wine When you sour in a grapevine Ain't it And I'm still sweet Off the sour that you gave me Got me digging through the crates For your B-side favorite Like Take a ride Catch a high On the swell Blow your Some time to myself